everybody, welcome back to the Coming Out Forums. This is Dr. Lisa Cook, your host, where we believe that each of us possess the potential to walk in our power and live in our purpose by being authentically ourselves and speaking our truth. We believe that we all have so much power just waiting for us to tap into it. With that being said, let's start coming out. So in our last episode, we had a wonderful guest named Santasha Patfield. And we tackled a conversation around emotional baggage in women. The topic was women put those bags down. If you haven't heard that episode, I implore you to go back and listen to it. Because I felt compelled to come back to this conversation and develop a series around what I'm calling fighting for you is paramount. Particularly around building awareness and understanding and expanding our emotional capacity. If you have not read my book or purchased my book called Coming Out, How to Reclaim Your Power and Live Your Authentic Truth to Create Life Impact, I encourage you to do so. I have a whole chapter dedicated to this topic. And so what I wanted to do though today is help us continue along the lines of coming out, continue to evolve and grow as individuals. So if you're, if you're familiar with the Rocky sequels, I'm a huge fan of this sequels. You've learned the storyline is based on a fighter who in his life is filled with all these small battles. But the most significant battle that he always has in these movies is fighting against his biggest and greatest foe. It's always a bigger and better fighter. And he must retrain his heart, his mind, his body, his soul to defeat this larger in life opponent that is on the movie. In the infamous scene where we hear that, that sequel, that song, Gonna Fly Now, I love that song, that anthem plays, and you see Rocky is now determined in order to win this fight of his life, he must fight for himself. He cannot do it through his trainer, nor can his fame do it for him. He has to resolve in his, within himself and his focus and his intention that he must shift himself in order to beat this monstrous opponent. And so we see this movie, this play out throughout the movie, and the final scene always comes to this combination of Rocky and this biggest and better foe. And Rocky has trained himself, he's disciplined himself, he's got his mind, his resolve all ready, and he ends up becoming the victor. And that's the point of our conversation with fighting for you as Paramount. So if you haven't read my book, but if, if you have, you may already know this, but I want to share it to my listeners today. Being a childhood sexual abuse survivor, which I now call myself a life thriver, I held a childish, cartoonish, almost heroic fantasy that someone would come and save me. You know, this dream and fantasy developed early in my life when I was being sexually abused. I secretly, silently carried this hope and fantasy throughout my teen and adult years that Someone was coming to rescue me. I constantly was looking for my hero. I was looking for my human savior, someone who would fight for me. There was a piece of my subconscious mind, of my soul that was desiring this fairy tale person to be a man, to rescue me from the man who abused me. I even recall daydreaming on this powerful moment that would happen. But internally, I was growing more and more angry. No one ever knew that I wanted someone to show up and fight for me, to rescue me. All the while, when no one knew that I had this need and desire to be rescued, I became a person that everyone saw to the world who was polished, who was strong, but individually, internally, the converse was happening inside of me. I was a fighter, but I wasn't fighting for me to live. 
I wasn't fighting for me to thrive. I was fighting for me to be a person who survived an abuse mentality. I fought to be a perpetual victim. I fought to be misunderstood. I fought to deprive myself of love and acceptance. I fought to ignore my needs and my pain. I fought to stay stuck in unhealthiness and my emotional capacity was limited and I didn't even know it. You may be listening today and thinking, wow, I resonate with that story. I fought to have the internal person and external person, you know, I had to argue all the time. I had to become combative. I had to be brazen with others because that felt good to my damaged soul. And the truth of the matter is, I was not fighting for my soul to be free. I was not fighting for my peace. I was not fighting for my self-love or my progress. You know, it was until one day I had this conversation with um, the, my daughter's father and I was really upset and I was really frustrated with all the pain that was seemed to be so excruciating in my life and the challenges of being you know, a mother and you know, I could hardly bear the internal and external abuse cycle that was in my life. And when I kept saying, you know, I can't do this and he said, you know, I disagree with you. He said to me this, you spend all your energy fighting for those who I care about and those who I don't even care about. And the question he posed to me opened my eyes to my own power and to what God wanted me to see. He said, why don't you use that same energy that you used to fight for everybody else to fight for yourself? Well, I was perplexed and by that question. So I decided to pray. I contemplated until the truth, my truth, met my unspoken and untapped power to fight for me. And it really was in that miraculous, enlightening moment that God said, you know what, Lisa, I didn't give a human person to save you. I did give you Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, but I also gave you you. I gave you you to fight for you. Lisa needed to fight for Lisa. And I was the person that I was looking for. God had given me me. And with that experience and that decision, within turning towards myself, I turned my energy instead of fight against me to fight for me. And I want to bring that awareness to you today as listeners, as we continue to go down this road of coming out, evolving to be something more than what we think we are today, but really not more, but to really tap into who we are, who God created us to be. This idea of fighting for yourself is paramount. It is critical. It is crucial. And so as we think about this idea of emotional capacity, the question is, how do we do this? Well, you know, there's been a psychologist named Dr. Stephen Finn who wrote about and said that he believed that humans are born into this world with a limited emotional capacity. Meaning as babies, we have not yet learned how to manage how we feel. So when we become hungry, we become sleepy, when we're wet, we typically do what? We cry, babies cry. That's what we do to communicate. That's what we do when we're like, when the distress happens in our lives because yet as an infant, his theory is we infant is born with limited capacity to tolerate distress. And so the only way they communicate is through crying to get their needs met. That makes sense. So if you think about it for who we are today as individuals, if, if you can envision a balloon, a balloon that has been given only a few breaths to inflate itself, to be inflated, it's a, a really small balloon. And it really doesn't take much once that little bit amount of air is in the balloon, if you know when you're trying to blow up a balloon, to deflate that balloon, that, that balloon to go completely flat without air. So if you can imagine or envision that balloon being fully inflated, 
not with your really your own breath, but maybe your own breath, even by an air machine, and you tie a knot in there so the air can't de be deflated. That is ideally what we want to have when we think about expanding our emotional capacity over our time from being a child, an infant to a child to an adult. We want to develop that type of emotional space, capacity, through developing our emotional intelligence and our awareness to operate from active coping skills to life stressors or normal life shifts. This really, this development that we want to have in our emotional capacity really originates in our rearing. In an ideal state, you and I have had parents or caregivers or loved ones who provided the air into our emotional balloons, right? Through support and nurturing and helping us and our young minds, our young tender minds develop over time that we understand what, what's needed. We learn how to manage through distressful situations and that occur in the normal course of life. Sometimes those things are traumatic. Sometimes those are just normal things that we haven't been used to experiencing and we learn how to manage our emotions. So as life grows, we experience more life stressors. We learn how to manage through skill development with our emotions. We become active, not avoidant. And we learn how to develop messages around these experiences and create more space within our, our emotional capacity to live healthy, to not develop emotional um, wellness issues, right? That can breed us into mental health issues. And so the idea here is that how do we develop this? How do we fight for ourselves to get to this space? Well, you know, and for some reason, and the truth be told that all of us don't have that idyllic situation when we grow up. I didn't have it completely. And so as you think about your infancy and childhood, you may have had a parent that um, was not able to un undergird you and support you in this way. And that's okay because sometimes those things happen. It could be just a normal shift that the parent had to work multiple shifts and multiple jobs to make sure you had food on the table, right? Your, your physical needs were met. Or it could have been a one-parent household where the parent could not always be there like they wanted to. Or you could have had a sick sibling that the parent's energy was devoted to that. Or you could have had a home with addictions. There could be a multitude of scenarios that could have impeded on your emotional capacity growing. And so you find yourself today as an adult, you know, being stuck there, you know, being defeated by your emotions, being having it impede your growth, limiting your ability to achieve the things you want to achieve out of life, limiting your ability to maintain employment successfully, limiting your ability to manage your relationships the way you want to, constantly being triggered by these destructive patterns of coping through life because your emotional capacity has not developed to the way that you and I would desire for ourselves to be. So if you're listening today, and you ask yourself continually, I want you to ask yourself as you listen to this conversation to imagine an emotional balloon. Is yours fully blown up with the tide being knotted and there's no air deflating? Or if is your balloon um, small in its capacity and any little thing caused that air to deflate? The truth of the matter is if you know if you get a hot air balloon or you get a balloon blown up at a, at a balloon shop, over time the air just seeps out naturally. But that's kind of naturally how it would be because in life, our emotional capacity can be deflated, but then we go back and try to retool it, regenerate, and build our emotional tank. But if we haven't yet developed our emotional balloon for our capacity in life, then we are constantly living in this space where our emotional balloon is that small little balloon that developed in childhood that hasn't really grown beyond that space. And just like when we were a child, what do we do? We cried, we yelled, we screamed, we kicked our feet, we threw tantrums because we didn't know what else to do to get our needs met. And as adults, we may still be doing those same things, but they just look different. 
It may be slamming the door. It may be cursing out your 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 partner. It may be walking away, not able to communicate about your emotions. It may be an inability to be vulnerable with your emotions. It's showing up. Trust me when I say so. And so I want to talk about how do we start this journey? How do we fight for ourselves and really, really helping ourselves get to a space where we can understand our emotional capacity and expand our emotional capacity with fighting for ourselves. Well, in my book, I introduce what I call the four A's principles. You may have heard me speak about these before, so you're going to hear it again throughout this series. And the first one is called awareness. And then it's acknowledgement and acceptance and action. We're going to just take a pen and stick in awareness. And awareness is the ability to tell yourself the truth about yourself and your life. It really begins with this idea and this exercise I call retrospective reflective analysis. When I was in my graduate, my doctoral program, I found it so interesting that you do a lot of research, right? And so one of the things that I learned in that process is that not only do we need to research other topics about other things that is going on in the world regarding public health or community health or behavioral health, we need to research ourselves and our own lives. And the reflective retrospective analysis it really causes us, it challenges us to do our own research. This is a process of becoming awareness of your operating patterns. The word reflective or respective, retrospective means a backward looking. The word reflective means insightful, thoughtful, contemplative. Analysis means an examination, a study, or an investigation. And so this exercise requires you to take time to peer backwards in your life, to revisit experiences that could have shaped your life today particularly as we discuss emotional capacity, but just overall looking back and seeing what the things that have happened in your life, how they make you show up today. Our brains and bodies were not designed to engage in stressful experiences over a long period of time. And so if we lived in distressful situations in our childhood, the retrospective reflective analysis really implores us to go back and reflect on what happened. What message did this experience speak to me? What message did I adopt about me and my life? What has happened to my emotional balloon based on these experiences? What happened to my emotions? Meaning, did I stuff my emotions? Did I deny them? Did I ignore them? Did I address them? Did I talk about them? Did I manage through my emotions based on my experience? More times than not, we were told to ignore our emotions because the adults in our lives um, might not have really known how to deal with that. So we become adults with emotional balloons that are the same size, as I mentioned earlier, as our children or childlike size balloon emotional capacity. And so we have not yet developed fully our emotional capacity and fully how to manage our emotions in a way that's healthy, allows us a corporate life in a, in a healthier and a more functional way. And so I'm gonna say, you know, honestly, I'm 51 years old and I come from a generation, I come from an African-American, I come from the black community. And I'm just gonna make an assumption and that if you were like me, you, your parents came from the generation that, you know, hey, you didn't talk about it, you just dealt with it. And here's a funny reflection I have of my mom, just kind of speaks to kind of that whole model that they operated from, that's how they, that's how they knew to be. And so there's nothing wrong with it. We just have learned, we grew, and we know more, and now in our lives, so now we're addressing it from a different way. But a funny story as I think about my mom, when I remember one time my niece was outside playing, and she hurt her arm and we thought it could be broke. And my mom was like, oh, just go in there and get some rubbing alcohol. 
And I was like, rubbing alcohol. And I started thinking to myself, I'm thinking, my mom felt like the solution to all things was rubbing alcohol. So my niece's arm could have been broke and she was thinking, just rub some alcohol on it and it'll be okay, baby. And, you know, it was almost like she would always say, go get some rubbing alcohol. Go take some castor oil and just keep it moving. Because in her mind, those were the solutions to deal with any type of stress, trauma, you know, anything that upset you, you know, physically, you know, go ahead and get some rubbing alcohol, take some castor oil and you'll be just fine. And that generation, that's what, that's how they manage. That's how they cope again. And so we're at a different space of enlightenment today, right? We have grown and we know different things. And so we know that really from an emotional standpoint, from a physical standpoint, for any life stressors, it takes a little bit more. We need to take the time, to, like I said, to take that retrospective, reflective analysis and dig back into what happened. And because really, if I had just a physical issue, it still had an emotional impact on me. And so whatever it was, I need to deal with that. I need to make sure that my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit understands how to connect these things together so I can live healthier. And so the emotional capacity inside of you as an adult still may be operating as a child. And so if that's the case, you know, we have to learn the skill set to, to grow forward. So if you find yourself today in relationships or interactions where there's a consistent pattern of reactivity versus responsivity or responsiveness, it could be a good point to consider. Let's look back and explore where am I at emotionally? What are those messages? If you find yourself trying to engage and handle support someone else's emotional baggage or emotions that they present to you and you become quickly overwhelmed or quickly deflated or you act out, you may want to examine what's the size of your emotional balloon. If you find yourself operating as a people pleaser, looking for someone else to reciprocate the care and concern that you, for you, because your emotional tank needs validation, you may need to spend some time investigating where this need derives from. If you find yourself increasingly upset or using anger or emotional explosive behaviors when you deplete it, when your emotional toolbox to manage your emotions and thoughts from distressful experiences, you may want to consider Am I aware of my emotional capacity? Have I come to a place where I need to have my emotional tank refilled, rejuvenated, re-energized? <clears throat> I wanna say one of the biggest fights that you may have today is with your inner child. Who may still rule you? And when I say that, I say that in a way, in a compassionate awareness way. Because again, as I noted, if you're fighting for yourself and you take the time to look back in a retrospective reflective analysis and you understand that you still are kind of stuck in the emotional capacity of your childlike years, maybe your inner child is still operating fully in full effect in your adult self. Um, inner work can be a powerful tool to come out of patterns in your life and to seek changes that you need to resolve in your life. Dr. Stephen Diamond contended in his book, Psychotherapy for the Soul. 33 essential secrets of emotional and spiritual self-healing that many adults have not addressed the reality of their inner child. Additionally, um, there's another study that has been done with the efficacy of intervention of healing your inner child and emotional intelligence and adjustment among college students. And this study showed that college students, these learners, um, when they address their inner child, they produce more affirmative results in their emotional intelligence and their life adjustments. So I want to just say that to say that there's been studies done on our inner child work and how our emotional capacity can be stifled because of the inner child that has not been addressed as you're an adult. And so when you think about fighting for yourself and looking at this, this process, one of the things you want to think about is what about my inner child? <clears throat> and I will say to you that it's important that you really, really recognize that um, inner child work maybe require a therapeutic environment. And so if you really want to be self-aware and this is something you want to do, I would encourage you to seek out clinical assistance if necessary for you. 
one of the things I will own up to is that my inner child was in full effect in my life. And for the majority of my life, my inner child felt unsafe. I didn't even know that my inner child was operating. And so my emotional capacity was much like that small inflated balloon that I talked about. My inability to discipline my inner child caused me to feel justified in hurting others, especially those I love. In the process of fighting for me, remember I told you fighting for you is paramount, it was time for me to deal with my inner child. I had to speak to her, I had to let her go. I had to let her know that I was ready to fight for her. My inner child, my emotional capacity was arrested, capacity was arrested in my abuse experience. And so I had to go back to her. I had to go back and talk to her about what I was ready to do for her so we could now move forward collectively. So I had to complete my own retrospective reflective analysis and understand my messages and understand why my emotional balloon was so small. Then I could work forward and towards creating more air in my emotional balloon to manage my emotions and my relationships in a healthy way. I had to commit my whole self in discovering healthy ways to operate in my life. And so I had to communicate to the little girl Lisa, the teenage girl Lisa, and the adult woman. I had to move in courage, but recognizing I wasn't losing her, but I was loving her. I was forgiving her. I was growing in emotional maturity with her. And this is a critical step in the process because the inner child needs to be aligned with your adult self. As I became more conscious to the fact that my inner child was destroying my relationships and stifling my growth and ruling me as an adult, the, my fear began with her. My need to control began with her because of my abuse, as I said, and my esteem was stunted with her. So I had to work on convincing to help her love her, forgive her, and tell for not speaking up about my abuse and accept her completely. I needed to esteem her for the value that she was and the honor that she provided for me to get through my situation. I had purpose and it began with her, but I had to align that with who I was today. And so if you're listening today, I want to just encourage you that your emotional work that needs to happen with that retrospective reflective analysis is to understand and be awareness to take some time to research your inner child and how your inner child could be impacting your adult life today. It's so important and paramount that you spend time here. If you need to do it through, like I said, a clinical space, please do so. But it's important to recognize, one of the things I had to recognize is that my inner child could no longer rule. I could no longer allow her to take over my adult self. I had to fight for myself. I had to value her, I had to love her, which was me, essentially, and I had to fight for myself. And so, okay, you're saying, okay, Dr. Cook, as we always come to this point in this in our conversations, what's, what is the why? Why do I need to do this? Why is this so important? Well, how do I do this, right? Why, how do I fight for myself? How do I apply this to my life? The first thing I want you to recognize is that you have more strength in you than you possibly could imagine. It, and that could be unbelievably scary. It could be so frightening to recognize that you actually do have power to change your life. <laughs> Think about that. You really do have it. It really lies within you. The issue is, as I always start off the coming out forums, is that you just haven't tapped into your power yet. You haven't, you haven't fully grasped or accepted that power that you have within you. So you also need to recognize that fighting for you is an all day, every day, intentional commitment to yourself. So here are a few strategies I wanna to apply to you today. Conduct your own research on yourself. This begins with choice and permission. You must make a decision. Matter of fact, you make decisions every single day. You do. You decide to get up out the bed, you decide not to get out of the bed. You decide to go to work, you decide not to go to work. You decide to eat or not to eat. You decide to engage with people or not to engage with people. You do this every day. You make decisions. So conducting your research on yourself is about choice and permission. Choose 
to fight for you beside, um, without any inhibition. Make the choice to use your power to be intentional with your heart, your mind, your soul, and dedicate time and space for your individual growth. Grant yourself permission to embark on that retrospective historical look at yourself, at your life, and that internal review of your life to understand yourself better. Create space to understanding you. Create space in your life to research why you do the things you do, why you show up the way you do. Why You need to understand yourself. It's important. Explore your patterns with your relationship with yourself and others. Are you a person that punishes yourself or promotes yourself when you find that your emotions come into play? Do you seek out to understand why you stuff or deny your emotions? Did this happen based on you fill in the blank? <clears throat> Would you be a person that is um, a bubbly person if you weren't afraid to be vulnerable? Would you be a person who would love to do things differently if you weren't afraid of yourself? Create space to understand the beauty of who you are. You are distinctly and uniquely you, but you may have not unlocked all that you, you were fearfully wonderfully created to be in your mother's womb by God until you fully discover yourself. Cultivate the courage to ask yourself the tough questions. Remember, the goal here is to seek truth about yourself, awareness in your life. Living authentically is based on your ability to see and ask yourself the tough questions, to not be afraid to tell yourself the truth that is revealed in these questions. Look at the themes and patterns. What meanings have you associated with these experiences in your life? Crave, crave and pursue understanding your emotional needs. We all have needs. Some are needs are to be independent. Some needs are to be secure. Some needs to, to live within a community. The Human Givens Theory by Joe Griffin and Alvin Terrell espouses that humans are born into this world with innate needs. And if our needs are met, we can create balanced and healthier lives, subjecting us to less mental health conditions like depression or anxiety or life adjustment disorders. Commence the daily work for growth. As I already said earlier, this is gonna take an intentional exercise. Include meditation to address your inner child through counseling if needed. Secure your inner child. Tell your inner child that he or she's okay to let you grow up from your emotional arrest and coping and to help you that help you survive your past trauma and mistreatment and disappointment. You don't need that anymore. You need to learn from what you what you got through those experiences, build upon them and have wisdom to grow into something different and build upon where you were. Control your language shifts. Remember, change your language matters as you fight for yourself. Analyze the words that which you are using that could be limiting or holding back from progress. For instance, I used to say, I'm trying to do, or I'm going to learn. But each of those words possess passive verbs. I'm trying, I'm going to, really was coaxing my spirit to not change or to be accountable for change. Your internal self-communication should be a language of progress and of power. Stop saying you're going to try. Stop saying you're going to do. Say, I will do. I am. Speaking in the present tense and in the affirmative and in your power of what you can do. Revision your life winning. If you desire a life where you believe people hurt you and no one understands you, then you will create that life for yourself. However, if you desire a life where you can take your power and create life where anger, resentment, and blame and your emotional capacity is now growing, you can dictate your actions through recognizing that you can envision your life winning. 
If you are stuck in that, that perpetual pattern of losing because you don't believe that you can go beyond what you've been through, that's fully up to you. As you learn about yourself, as you look at that retrospective reflective analysis, you understand the meanings that you created with your life, you recognize that you have power to shift and change so you can re-envision your life winning from those experiences instead of choosing to hold on to things that have kept you stifled in that space. Cut out speaking deaf into your life. And I say cut out, I mean we have we have had limited emotional capacity. We don't really know what else to do beyond what we've learned to do. It we think it works for us, but actually it harms us and it harms the next person. You know, we've learned to speak in limited terms. We've learned to carry pessimistic pessimistic conversations and views about ourselves and others around us. And so when we tell ourselves we're not unable, we're not good enough, we cannot do, it puts us in a position to produce the effects of death, meaning that we're not growing, we're dying to ourselves, we're dying to produce a new life in our life because we keep speaking death into our life. Your soul needs to hear you speak life for growth so that your soul, your mind, your body and spirit can align to you wanting to grow. Having faith, speak life. Now you can take on the task of learning how to deal with your emotions and any deficit in your emotional capacity when you start speaking life. I will grow my emotional capacity. I will learn new coping skills. I will do this differently for myself. I do value myself enough to do these things. Speaking life. I do believe the next person is not out to, to hurt me. I do believe their intentions weren't necessarily for my bad. They might not have the emotional capacity that they need. So I have to understand that speaking instead of speaking deaf into your life. Cut that speaking out. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm stealing this phrase from Ice Cube's song, Check Yourself. He says in this couple of verses, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because I'm bad for your health. Well, I could take those two sins and equate that to us fighting for ourselves and getting to some awareness of our patterns with our emotional capacity. I would concur to him. Really, if you really think about this, if you don't check yourself, you are going to wreck yourself. You are going to be bad for your own health. And so it's time to check ourselves. It's time to examine our current way of coping and managing our life um, if we are wrecking ourselves. The beauty of all of this is that each day, God affords us an opportunity of grace and mercy. Grace is um, giving us what we don't deserve and mercy is holding back what we actually do. Yes, we made some mistakes. Yes, we've had some things happen. Yes, we've had some traumatic experiences. But yes, we get to a new day to start all over and try to recreate something new in our lives or course correct from things that we've done that weren't good for us or harmed ourselves or others. We get grace, which means we get this space of being able to do something new through faith and belief in God and what God has afforded us through new life in Christ Jesus. We get an opportunity here. And so... We have an opportunity to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves and have our bodies and our minds and our soul and spirit to live and operate in peace, to walk in our freedom, to walk in our power, to live in a different way. It's solely, truly up to the one and only person that's on the stage, the one and only person that's in the movie, the one and only person that holds the power to this outside of your strength through God is you. So you have the power. You don't have to give it to anyone else. You can stop giving your power away. You can stop thinking negative about yourself. You have the power to do this. If you simply believe, if you simply do believe in yourself, you can usher in peace, love, and joy in your life. It can manifest. You can grow your emotional capacity from where it was. 
as you learn new skills, as you learn about yourself, as you take the time to do what I call, and the first principle, the four eight principles is awareness, which is tell yourself the truth about your life and others in it, is doing the exercise of retrospective reflective analysis to understand what brought you to where you are today and to now take what you've learned and move into the next space. We'll talk about that next series. Remember, ladies and gentlemen of listening, we don't get any do-overs in this life. It's truly mind over matter to choose a different way because you are your best advocate. You are a fighter. You are a warrior. Warrior implies victory. So just as Rocky determined that he was the biggest, he could be his biggest and best foe, so can you. This has been Dr. Lisa Cook in the Coming Out Forums, and I close out with you today recognizing that fighting for you is paramount. Peace.